Dearest listener, it has been said that season two of Bridgerton will be more scandalous than the last. In anticipation, we podcasters have been honing our skills and sharpening our knives for all of you. Daphne found her duke, but is there anyone who can tame the rake by Count Bridgerton? As members of the ton gather to watch season two of Bridgerton on Netflix, we cannot be the only ones wondering, will the Viscount take a wife? Will the Duke return, even just for one scene? Will the identity of Lady Whistledown herself be revealed to all? We may be in for a considerable scandal indeed. Join us here on Burning for Bridgerton each week as we dissect and overanalyze each episode of season two of Bridgerton. Yours truly, Lady Claire and Lady Julie of The Basic Mom. Hey, Claire. Hey, Julie. So this is it. This is our first episode of Burning for Bridgerton. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a long time in the making. I feel like we've been talking about this since Bridgerton came out. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> I know. And if we think about it, it was over a year ago, like maybe a year mm-hmm. and like three months since season one. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel like our excitement or enthusiasm has gone down at all. Nope, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) So um, Claire, how about we start by telling people about ourselves and how we heard about Bridgerton and how we got into it and, you know, any background with romance novels? Well, um... I kind of got into the Bridgerton game a little late um, as far as when it came out on Netflix. I probably started watching it in like January after it came out. Um, And then all the hype online and everything. And then we found out there are books. And um, so we started doing our little book club thing. And I was already into um, romance books as it is, but I've never really dug into like historical romance or Regency era romance or anything. So it was kind of neat to find um, a whole new subgenre there to get into. Yeah, I feel like I remember Netflix releasing Bridgerton on Christmas. Was it Christmas Mm -hmm. Day? Yeah, I think so. It was right around there. Yeah. And it was like the first show where, you know, how Netflix likes to start playing Mm -hmm. the show for you. And I remember like putting it off for a couple of days, kind of being like, this seems like it could be cheesy, but then like, it was almost like something took over. Like everyone was talking about it. So once I did watch it, it was probably within the first week that it came out. I watched it all and was obsessed and (laughs) I was not a romance reader. I prefer to read more um, like memoirs, maybe a little bit of like historic fiction. So this was my first foray in any way into romance novels of any sort, let alone like Regency romance. And then knowing that there's even a difference and there's different like (laughs) subgenres within (laughs) romance novels like this was all totally new to me so um since you're a lot more into and knowledgeable about the romance novels I feel like a lot in episodes I'll probably be like diverting diverging 
I don't think that's the right word, but <laughs> you know what I mean? To your yeah, yeah. romance novel mm-hmm. authority. <laughs> However, I would say that I probably am an expert in like uh, streaming and binge watching TV shows. <laughs> so that's sort of where like my expertise come into all of this. Um, but yeah, even since Bridgerton, the I read all eight of the books, but I have not read anything else that's romance. So I still wouldn't even say, I don't know that I'd say I'm a romance fan. I just am very into Bridgerton. Like it right. really, it really did it for me. And you know what? Even seeing like the costumes and the music when Netflix would like autoplay the uh preview or whatever when it first yeah. came out that was definitely like up my alley like I like uh you know 10 6 to 10 episode British drama <laughs> big fan of like Downton Abbey like mm-hmm. all of that I love the costumes um but yeah it just, it just sort of came out of nowhere for me I feel like but could not have been more happy with the casting, the plot, the music especially was. Exciting. Yeah, the the music's what really drew me in was their, you know, classical take on the modern music. And uh, I'm excited to hear what they come out with for season two. Yeah, I know, because I almost wonder, and it could go one of two ways, like they could try to mimic season one so much so that it's like, uh, like boring, yeah. like, uh, yeah. we just did the same thing or they could try to like one up themselves, but go like too far. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it could really go either way. I'm hoping they strike like the perfect balance. Right. All right. So let's jump into just a quick synopsis of what the first season was about. And then also, I guess the first book too, right? Because yeah. If anyone doesn't know this, each um, Bridgerton sibling has their own book and the first season of the show followed most closely with Daphne's book. Yes, The Duke and I. Yes. Um, So in The Duke and I, we get into Daphne and Simon. Um, In the book, it's not her first season out. So um, in the show it is, you know, in the show she's presented as a diamond of the first water and this, you know, most magical presentation to the queen and how she's the one that everyone's gonna be after. Um, But we see also in the show that she needs a little help from that because she has a visitor with the Featheringtons, Uh, Miss Marina came along with them. One of my least favorite things about the show after reading the books was everything about Daphne. (laughs) And we've talked about this before. I was just like, when I watched the show, I was like, okay, whatever. Like that's Daphne, that's her story. But once I read the book and I saw how much they changed her personality, her storyline, I don't know. That was one of my least favorite things. But like I said, it was, I was like a, you know, full with no sense of it when I first watched the show. It wasn't until I read the book that I got pissed about it. (laughs) 
And then Marina is another example. So in season one, yes, you have all three of the Featherington sisters are out, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That's what they call it when you're on the marriage mart. But they also had the addition of a cousin named Marina. In the books, Marina doesn't even show up until, what is it, book five? Uh, Yes, Eloise's book. Yeah, and she's not a cousin of the Featherington. She's actually a cousin, a distant cousin of the Bridgertons. Right. Yeah, and definitely also a big personality change, right? Because Marina is supposed to be sort of like this showstopper, stunner, Mm -hmm. but in the book five, the only one that she's even mentioned in, she's sort of a wallflower. Yeah. Yeah. Eloise actually mentions, doesn't she, that she doesn't really remember a whole lot about Marina being really out there or anything. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some other major events that happened in season one were that Anthony promised Daphne's hand initially to Simon Burbrook, who's sort of the villain, I'd say, of season one, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's painted a little differently, but um, I, I really liked his character in the show. I just, he was so kind of awkward and, you know, really went after, you know, wanting to be a part of the Bridgertons, you know, for other reasons. But then we also find out more about him in the show that is why he kind of runs off and leaves. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good villain. And he's definitely like the villain the show needed, right? Because romance novels, and I didn't know this until I was reading them, are kind of straightforward. Like you get into it and you know from the back of the book, basically, who's winding up together. Right. And there really aren't typically villains that you would see in a show, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of had to add that element in the book. Yeah, he's kind of just sort of like a dumb, bumbling idiot that is just annoying. But in the show, he's actually like violent at times Mm -hmm. with Daphne. um, And with Simon. Honest. Yeah, with Simon. I forgot about that Mm -hmm. part. Uh, Yeah, so he's definitely the villain. Another character that is just not in non-existent (laughs) in the book was the prince and that whole storyline of Daphne almost getting together with the prince. Right, yeah, that was um, a pretty big difference because especially in the show where we see, you know, the prince gives her that fancy necklace and the whole scene of, you know, him putting the necklace on her and Simon being there and all that stuff is pretty dramatic in the show. And I mean, I feel like we have to shout out the other Bridgerton fans out there who slowed down and like zoomed in on that (laughs) video of like that clip over and over again to figure out what she did with the necklace. (laughs) Like people have time. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah, those people should all be like automatically awarded like detective internet detective (laughs) official internet detectives right (laughs) um I don't think we could talk about the first season without talking about the huge plot point of well I guess let's just let's jump into the Duke and Daphne the whole thing is supposed to be a ruse 
they Mm -hmm. start out pretending that Mm -hmm. they're into each other they I don't do you feel like they were into each other from the get-go and that they were lying to themselves or that Mm -hmm. it grew it definitely grew yeah yeah Um, so the whole love story starts as them trying to pretend, right? So that Mm -hmm. Daphne will get more attention from men because Daphne is set on marrying for love and the Duke is set on never marrying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So kind of seems like they're not going to work out because. Yeah, there's some problems there. (laughs) It's a hard one to get over. Um, We later find out that it's not exactly that he doesn't want to fall in love and doesn't want to get married, but that he does not want to have babies. Right. Because of his father. Right. Um, Who was awful in the show. Yeah. What did you think? Do you think that they portrayed that accurately? Um, I think, I think it was accurate, but I also think it was different. Um, it was definitely different. I think, you know, we saw more of it in the show, but um, I think it needed to be there too, just because I think most people were unfamiliar with the books um, and that would give them a better, you know, a better taste of, of what really happened with Simon and his dad. Um, so, yeah, added like layers to his character yeah. that you mm-hmm. kind of needed to understand mm-hmm. him. And Mm -hmm. even so, even with that layer, I feel like there were a lot of people in the discussion after the season that still thought he was ridiculous for reacting that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things were all all, all so different, you know, way back then we're in the like, what is it like 1814 or something too. And, you know, people had different thoughts about their family and, you know, we don't, see our family now as we did back then you know take days to go see your family and now you know people just hop on a zoom call or facetime or whatever yeah yeah okay so with that is the obvious duke and daphne end Mm -hmm. up full the duke Duke and like Duke's his name. Oh my gosh. The Duke and Daphne end up falling in love and they do end up getting married. And it does seem like a true love marriage. Um, There was a duel between (laughs) Daphne's oldest brother, Anthony. Big Anthony fan over here. Oh, yeah. and the Duke that did result in the Duke marrying Daphne. Um, so I, like I said, I don't think we can talk about season one without talking about the scene that was mm-hmm. the most controversial, mm-hmm. controversial <laughs> because of consent issues. Right, definitely. So tell us about that scene, Claire. So there was a scene where, um, Daphne is kind of portrayed as taking advantage of Simon in bed because she wants a baby and she basically doesn't get off of Simon until it happens. (laughs) A little bit too late. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this sparked a big like cultural debate, I feel like about male consent, which is not something that you hear much about very Mm -hmm. often. And there were people that felt like 
the book was worse because yes, in the book also very intoxicated so they yes, feel he as came if home he, very drunk and mm-hmm. she kind of took care of everything then right and then in the show though you kind of see her wheels turning and yes. it appears that she did it on purpose whereas yes, once she took there's yeah. a little bit of a lot like a fine line like did she actually know what she was doing did uh-huh. she still because in those times girls didn't get like um a public school sex right. <laughs> lesson before <laughs> marriage so she went into marriage completely blind having no idea what goes on in a marital bedchamber right so, and she didn't even know how babies were made correct right I don't that one of her didn't like Rose or someone tell her, you know, have to explain that to her or something. Yes, Rose was yeah. her like hand handmaid. Her, yeah, her like lady mixing up shows. or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is not handmaid's tale. <laughs> her lady in waiting, probably. Um, yeah, and in the show, there was such a funny scene with Eloise like walking into oh, a room yeah. and being like, "How are babies made?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah Eloise in general I think was a favorite she's, character yeah she's one of my favorites too yeah <laughs> so another favorite character of mine um so we didn't really talk too much about the the brothers Bridgerton mm-hmm. but I mean they're worth watching the show for yes definitely well, the older guys. brothers yeah yeah so there's Anthony <laughs> Simon and Colin um Benedict Oh, <laughs> Anthony Benedict and Colin Simon is definitely Remember ABC. <laughs> ABC, yes, they're all named in alphabetical, alphabetical order. <laughs> so yes, Anthony Benedict and Colin. Anthony, I mean, the actor that plays him is yeah. Superb. <laughs> I would say the same about Benedict. I'm a big fan of both. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then even after the books, I think Benedict was my favorite. I'd have Yeah, to. his his book was ended up being one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's another book though where I heard some consent issues just about how he's sort of like harassed. Yeah. <laughs> into, harassed yeah. Um yeah, I guess there's a fine line between romance and <laughs> consent. <laughs> Um, any other major plot points from, the, oh my gosh, the biggest, we should talk about Lady Whistledown. Right? Yeah. We actually found out who Lady Whistledown was in the first season, um, which is definitely not the case in the books. Correct. In the books, we do not find out who Lady Whistledown is until the fourth book, correct? Mm, I thought it was Eloise's book, the fifth book. Oh, it's not Collins? I thought it was Collins. Mm, I don't remember. It's been a while since we did our little <laughs> book club thing. So it's the fourth or the fifth book, we find out. So yeah, I no, was... was it at um, Eloise's wedding? They definitely okay. told Eloise at her wedding, but I feel like it came out in the previous book. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's just what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Lady Whistledown is sort of like a gossip paper. She's the page six mm-hmm. of 1814, right? Or TMZ <laughs> of 1814. And um, 
she's snarky, she's funny. And throughout the season and the first four books, they're trying to constantly figure out who Lady Whistledown uh-huh. is. And we find out at the end of the season that it is Penelope Featherington, um, Eloise's best friend. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Penelope? Um, I, I really like her. Um, I, you know, I like how she's, you know, kind of sneaking around, doing her thing, kind of doing the community, her own little service there um with all their gossip because who doesn't like gossip (laughs) she's like a og girl boss right yes yes (laughs) she's making her own money yeah Um, which women did not do unheard of right so yeah running her own little business definitely hashtag girl boss yeah (laughs) (laughs) she she may have been the first mlm right (laughs) but she um she even devised a plan to give out the paper yes initially for free and then once everyone was hooked she upped the price Uh so I mean she's got a smart business mind definitely yeah so she though one difference that I didn't love from the book to the show was that in the books she was always a champion for like the underdog and then in the in the show I kind of feel like she did some things in her lady whistle down role that were self-serving like outing that Marina was pregnant yeah yeah she wasn't um not that she was rude, but she wasn't the kindest to her own family, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you kind of got to do, I think, because if you don't say anything bad about your own people, everybody's going to be like, oh, look, it's a Featherington, you know, right. or, you know, who knows? But. Yeah, that makes sense. So another big element, these they just keep popping up to me, right? <laughs> In the books, Penelope Featherington, her sisters, her mom. Um, her dad is deceased before the books start. But in the show, he plays a big part. And actually, I think this will be a good segue into sort of like what we think might unfold in season two. A big sort of cliffhanger at the end of season one was that at the end of the first season, they get news that their dad died but you know we don't see any sort of confirmation of it but also that someone is going to inherit all of the featherington like property property yeah and they get a note with a name on it but we don't see it so what do you think do you think we'll find out who that is in season two and if yes who do you think it's going to be Gosh, I don't know, because I've been thinking about that for, like, ever since it ended, and, like, I've rewatched it, and the only people I can think of were those guys at the boxing match. Um, I don't know any names or whatever. I don't remember that, but, you know, there were the guys who they set up the whole boxing match and they kind of, you know, rigged it to see who would win and all that stuff. But 
what I'm also curious is there's pictures from the first episode, I believe, of season two, and all the Featherington girls are in like these fancy new dresses. But true. what money yeah. do they have to buy them? Is what I'm thinking. So I there's something else going on here. I feel like it could be Burbrook. I don't know what tie he would have to the Featheringtons to inherit all of his stuff, but we do know from reading the books that one of the Featherington sisters ends up married to Nigel Burbrook. Correct. So they're gonna, unless, you know, Shonda takes a complete divergence, the Featheringtons will end up married to the Burbrooks. So Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how they'll make that link. Yeah, and I don't know how they'll bring him back because in the show, didn't they right, send him off, off mm-hmm. because he ended up getting some servant pregnant or something mm-hmm. and sent them away or all that stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so that will be interesting to find out. The premise, it appears i mean i'm saying it appears but we've read all the books so we know. <laughs> the premise of season two is going to be following anthony and yes. anthony's whole thing is that he wants to find a wife but not love he thinks he can protect his heart from falling in love yes and um we're, we're going to find out if he can or not. So he's going to follow that journey. Is there any particular scenes from the book, from book two, that you're interested to see how, how it plays out, if they even do it, if they cut it? Well, let's see. I mean, the trailers have been released. So we know there's, um, we know there's Newt in the dog. Um, so there's going to be scenes with Newton. There's, we know there's, um, a scene where he, where Anthony, um, comes out of the lake. It's not a lake. They call it something else, but he falls into this little body of water and he comes out all mad because he obviously shouldn't be in there. Um, we know they play Mal, and we know about the mallet of death. So... <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to the Pell-Mell stuff just because I have a little competitive side to myself. Um, and I'm curious to see, you know, how they play all that out. Um, and we know we have the whole family there for that, you know, minus Simon. Um, right, I think, because in the yeah. book it was Simon. I bet they're going to replace Simon in those games with Benedict. Okay. Right, because, hmm. so if anyone listening does not know, the man who played the Duke, aka Simon, did not sign a contract to come back for the second season to yes. all of our dismay. Yes. <laughs> Lots of sad housewives yeah. all over. <laughs> yes, there's, yeah. Tons I of think that in the that. book, in book two, there was like sort of a comic amount of times that Anthony falls into water, right? <laughs> so I'm excited yeah, to see that because damn he looks good in the preview uh-huh. it's just the one time he falls in the water 
So I'm here yeah. for multiple times. Yeah. Shout out to the costume people because they found like the thinnest white shirt <laughs> put him in. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like watching that scene in the um, preview and yeah. they're like telling each other not to stare while I'm also like staring. Yeah. <laughs> we can't not stare. He's so good looking. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like not yeah. fair. No. <laughs> so, um, I am interested to see how they do the beasting scene. I'm not yes. going to get into too much detail with that because I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like when I was reading that, I was like, uh, this seems corny. This seems so <laughs> like, I want to see if they can make it not look ridiculous and corny. I'm curious. About I, I do too. And I will say I've seen some eagle eyed fans online um, who have somehow found this little red mark on um, Kate's kind of collarbone area and they've zoomed in on it and everyone's calling that the bee sting. Mm. So in the book, it was, you know, a little lower than your collarbone. Um, <laughs> So maybe it might be a little different already that we know of. Something I'm curious if we'll get in this season is if we'll see the Bridgerton dad because he's never in any of the books, but I'm, I kind of have a feeling that we might see a flashback. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we do see Anthony and Violet, their mother, at a grave site Mm -hmm. we don't know whose it is but you know we're obviously assuming it's the father so you know there might be a little flashback with that or something yeah I'd be interested to see who they cast or yeah for that um another sort of prediction not really a prediction but um when this came out it was referred to as porn for your moms, that sort of thing. (laughs) Right? It did have a lot of episodes and some scenes that were, you know, intimate and Mm -hmm. (laughs) showed more than network TV might. And, (laughs) you know, the moms liked it. Uh, I think that since then we've seen a lot more from streaming services do you feel that way like I think about like sex life what we saw in that yeah there's sex life there's outlander there's a little bit in yellowstone um yeah yeah so I am wondering if they're gonna stick to like about the same level as season one or if they're gonna try to like compete with these other shows that came after that sort of like took it up a notch well you know what that's what parental controls are for (laughs) (laughs) yes this is not this is not a real problem (laughs) right (laughs) very good point Claire (laughs) all right so we've made some predictions we've made some guesses um, do you have any other predictions you'd like to throw in um, there? You know, we we see Daphne carrying a baby mm-hmm. at some point. So, you know, we got to assume that's hers. 
Yeah. Um, so maybe we might get to see what the baby looks like and all that fun stuff. Um, we know she has a big family, so we don't know if maybe she'll have more than one baby in tow or right we'll see because how that goes. Timeline wise, if it stays true to the book, this right. is exactly one season after Daphne gets married, right? Right. Yeah, I believe yeah. it's the next season. Mm-hmm. So if it stays with that timeline, she probably can't have more than one baby. <laughs> yeah, but you know they like to change things. Yeah, too. you never, you never <laughs> know. Um, because I also think they changed the gender, right? Daphne yes. in the books has three girls first before she yes. has any boys, and mm-hmm. in the show she had a boy first. Yes, mm-hmm. and they stuck with the ABC naming. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do that. Yep. You're <laughs> <laughs> so what are you most excited for with the new season? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I was definitely more of an Anthony fan than a Simon fan in the first season. So I'm definitely looking for Anthony to be in the spotlight here. Uh, and I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Yes, I am excited, especially after the trailer just came out like a week or two ago. It just, yeah, yeah, give me all the Anthony scenes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Claire, anything else we should say before we jump in? Should we, should we give a little bit of what our plan is going forward? Sure. So moving forward, we're planning to uh, do sort of like a review recap episode for each episode of the show mm-hmm. of season two. Yeah. And um, I think we'll also do our predictions for season three at the end of this. Yeah, definitely. Because we do know for sure it was picked up for three additional seasons after yes. the first, correct? Yes, they're going to have a different uh, showrunner, I think but um, we still know it's coming back. So yeah, that's, uh, that's exciting. And that's especially exciting for like continuing plot lines, because I feel like there's certain things they did in season one, because they didn't know that yet. I personally feel like they should have known that it's Shonda. Has Shonda Rhimes ever had? Yeah, she's amazing. That wasn't great. (laughs) That didn't get like picked up. Uh, but yeah, I think that, like, I think that's why they revealed Lady Whistledown so early on. Yes, I do too. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be good because they can kind of do like a full arc knowing that they have at least three seasons to work with. Yeah. And, and I think it would be um, interesting too, to see if they, you know, follow Penelope around to see how she does her thing. And, you know, we all know she'll be keeping an ear to all the gossip and stuff. So yeah, exciting. All right. Well, Claire, I think we did it. I think that's our first episode. Yay. So we'll be back after the show comes out with some recap episodes where we're going to go deep into everything going on in each episode. Yes, we definitely like to overanalyze things. (laughs) (laughs) Things that do not matter at all. (laughs) All right, we'll see you all then. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Burning for Bridgerton. If you want to geek out about all things Bridgerton or check out our Bridgerton book club, join our Facebook group, Mom Chat by The Basic Moms. To download one of our Bridgerton book club guides, head to our website, thebasicmoms.com. You can hang out with us on Facebook and Instagram at the.basic.moms. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and subscribe so you know when each new episode is released.